Blog Talk Radio. Sponsored by WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, you're listening to Marnie's Friends. Welcome, welcome. This is Marnie Swedberg, and welcome to another edition of Marnie's Friends. We're going to be talking today about a wonderful topic. It's called From Broke to Brilliant, Building Your New Business Without Much Money. And we have a wonderful guest here, Kristen R. Harris, to join us for this hour. And I hope that you will grab a notepad of some kind and get ready to take some notes. Because during this hour, you're going to discover the secret God wants you to understand about your current financial state, why being broke does not mean you're broken, easy ways to get the information you need to build your business for free, the three best ways to market your business on a shoestring budget, how to distinguish between business necessities and business desires, four creative ways to get the services and products you need, how to stay motivated when you're building a business without much money, and how to petition God for assistance when things seem impossible. Our guest today is Kristen R. Harris. She's a women's empowerment coach who is committed to ensuring that you realize your God-given gifts and talents and use them to live life on purpose. Her website is Kristen rharris.com. Welcome to you, Kristen. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm excited to have you. And this is a wonderful topic because um, as as uh, we both know, a lot of times money is tight and it is really confusing at those points whether to go forward, whether to go backwards, whether to stop, <laughs> you know, how to even think about mm-hmm. things. And yet from your experience, you have found that sometimes you can really move from A forward even without much money, and you're here to share those things with us. So I'm excited to just get going. I want to start us off with a secret that God wants us to know about our current financial situation, whatever it is. So, you know, I really isn't a secret at all, is <laughs> that um, you don't have to be broke forever. God has given each of us gifts and talents for the purposes of prospering and for advancing the agenda of his kingdom. And so I'm a firm believer that as long as you have breath in your body, you have the potential to create. And as long as you have the potential to create, you have you can generate some type of income. And so I think entrepreneurs are the greatest at that because we don't make money similar to people who may work a traditional nine-to-five. We have to create the wealth. And so Mm. I think it's so key that you turn that thing that you do so well into an opportunity to generate income. And even if it's not the business that you may be wanting to start, but you know that you have a talent, you can use that talent to fund your business, you know, the the business that you desire. And so I think – that secret is that God is saying, you don't have to be broke. I remember, um, I think about a year and a half ago, personally, you know, I was like down and out, like, oh, my God, I have no money. How am I going to make it? And God was like, "You, there's no reason why you shouldn't have any money because I've gifted you with so many things. You have so much down in your belly. Why are you broke? If you're broke, it's your fault because you're not tapping into what I put in you. And so, um, I just recently shared with my social media following that I'm a I'm a new ghostwriter. Like I, I copyright for people, and that's that's definitely something that I never really aspired. An opportunity presented itself, and I'm a really great writer. So 
um, someone asked me to write, you know, some of their marketing copies. And I was like, okay, sure. And so that turned into another opportunity and something else. And now I'm writing someone's book for them. And Hmm. that's just an example of tapping into what God has placed in you. So the secret is you don't really have to be broke. I've given you everything you need to be successful. That's what God is saying to us. Mm. I'm going to just add a little bit from my perspective on that one, too, and and, uh, based on from what I see in the Bible, too, there are seasons, um, sometimes seasons where the money isn't there, sometimes seasons where there's mm-hmm. some money, lots of money, medium money, you know, like that. And and I love what you were saying there is God, you know, said you have what you need. And I, I, I think for me the biggest secret that God wants me to understand about money is that in this moment I have everything I need. And whether that's mm-hmm. what I need to survive the moment to possibly survive the season, to possibly turn uh, money around in the future, whatever it is, in this moment, he's given us everything we need. And so I think we're both saying the same thing, that mm-hmm. already inside of you, already in your present circumstance, God has provided for your future. And it may not be Absolutely. the million-dollar house or whatever, but what it is is it's what you need and what he's assigned to your account. It's already right there for you, and I love that so much. I, I The sixth point I really um, I think it's so important for everybody to understand and it's that if you're broke it does not necessarily mean you're broken yeah you know it's like I think it pretty much goes hand in hand with the secrets that God wants us to know but you know when we think about the word broke it's the past tense so if you broke your phone, then essentially your phone is now broken. And I think that, you know, sometimes we equate that type of situation with our own personal lives. I mean, so if your phone is broken, then, you know, it may be inoperable, it may be useless unless it's repaired, and then it may be, you know, broken beyond repair. And so we kind of take that type of ownership on in our own life, and we think that when we don't have money, then we're essentially broken. But you're not broken. You still work. You still, you're, you're still purposeful. You're still useful to God and useful to his kingdom, and he can still get the glory out of your life. And so I think that, you know, in those seasons of lack, sometimes we find ourselves feeling you know, like one, we're not successful. And I know I can attest to that. And I really had to, um, you know, deliver myself from that thinking of money determines if I'm successful or not. And I think one of the greatest things that I heard was, you know, success is just simply saying you're going to do something and actually doing it. And so I had to go back and think about all those things that I had accomplished. So even in that season of low money that we just talked about, you know, where where I was in the valley, you're still successful. You're not broken. You still work. God can still use this to, um, you know, to to get the glory out of your life, to, to show someone. And I think even me being on this phone right now sharing this information is evidence that he can use even those pieces to, you know, empower his people and to help someone else. And so just because you don't have money, it does not mean that you are broken. You're still useful. You're still purposeful. And God can still use whatever you're going through, you know, for his purposes. So, Yeah, I love that. I want to develop that a little bit more, too, because I'm thinking – you know, we live on a we live on a earth that's broken because when the Garden of Eden 
was set up. It wasn't set up to function like the world now functions. Um, you know, with mm-hmm. sin and Satan being in charge and all this kind of stuff here um, happened because of the fall. So we live in a broken world. But that doesn't make us broken. When we are with mm-hmm. Christ, we're new creatures. And I think about, you know, even back to Job or Joseph, the seasons of their life when they felt extremely broke, broken, uh, even beat up. <laughs> and, you know, they just held on. They held on mm-hmm. to faith in God. And through those seasons of lack and need in their lives, God provided everything they needed, even provided. though he Absolutely. did not. He did not provide everything they wanted. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we have, you know, we have this to look at. And I, in the, um, I, teach a, I teach a coach certification program called SPY, Success Principles Intensive. And in there, I define success um, like Jesus did, which is you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you love your neighbor as mm-hmm. yourself. And at the end of the day, at the end of our lives, because <laughs> when we get to Jesus, what we want to hear is, well done, my good and faithful servant. And so at mm-hmm. the end of the day, mm-hmm. what I'm looking for at the end of every day is, was this day well done, my good and faithful servant? Or was this a day when I was focused on whatever, including money, that took my focus off of Jesus? And to come mm-hmm. back always to, you know, what's really the most important thing here? And to me, that's success. So um, I agree with you completely that success is not always equal, the dollar amount you have mm-hmm. in your bank. <laughs> But, you know, Absolutely. I had never really thought about the word broke. You know, we we say, you know, I'm broke. But we don't really think, you know, we're really thinking money. But subconsciously, we're thinking I'm broken. So I, I love that you brought yeah. that up because it's hard to distinguish between those two. So in a season of lack, let's say, let's say your name is Joseph. <laughs> You're now in prison and you didn't deserve <laughs> to be here. You did nothing to be here. You just found yourself here even though you did the best you could for your boss Potiphar. But you were falsely accused and now you're in prison. And how do you how do you talk to yourself there, Kristen, and say, I am not broken. I am simply in a broken situation. You know, I think it's really like you said, relying on your faith. You have to tap into um Everything that you, I think that's why it's so important, you know, when when things are going great to make sure you're filling that faith tank. Because when you hit that season of brokenness, sometimes it's hard to, you know, to to really, you know, stay focused. But if you have a tank that's full and, you know, you, and, and you can stand on that and you can say, you know what, God, I know what this looks like but I still trust you. Um, I know that I'm coming out of this. It's not going to be like this always. I mean, it's really about talking to yourself and, you know, those wake. And that's why even with that, I'm broke. I don't even like to hear people say that. I, I try to train people, don't right. say that you're broke. Because like you said, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, that's manifesting every day. Every time I speak that, I'm giving it a little more power in my life. And so learning how to combat those negative self-talk, um, learning how to tap into the, your your tank, your faith tank that, that was full when everything was going great. Because, you know, it's easy to smile and skip along with God when everything is good. But, you know, when he has you in that season for a moment and you're like questioning, okay, God, are you really here? Um, are you with me? You have to be able to, to talk through to yourself. And, you know, I'm always reminded of um, that little story where they say, you know, God is like a teacher. He's quiet during the test. And so 
Mm-hmm. You may find yeah. yourself in that moment and he's not speaking to you. And so you have to know how to talk to yourself. You have to be competent to sit down and take that test like, you know what, I got this. I'm going to ace this, and then I'm going to move on to something else because I know God is coming back for me. So it's just, you know, really about, you know, learning how to encourage yourself in that moment. Yeah, I love that. And I think about Job, too, who when he was rich and wealthy to begin with, he, he was totally dependent on God there and grateful for everything he had. Mm-hmm. So that when God took it away, he didn't even have to, he didn't even miss a beat. It seems like he just knew how to respond. He just said, well, God gave it to me and now God took it away, so yeah, I'm going to just bless God. You know, right? And it's God's choice. <laughs> so if we're living there in the in the good times, then it's not so hard to get there in the tough times and to, to get Absolutely. through those as well. Well, we're going to take a little break and come back and talk about some easy ways to get the information you need to build your business for free, as well as three best ways to market your business on a shoestring budget. We'll be right back. Find your next speaker at womenspeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,000 Christian women speakers from every state, denomination, and fee range. Speaker profiles include their bio, professional headshot photo, a list of topics with descriptions, some references from people who heard them speak, and so much more. Connect directly with any speakers you like by phone, social media, or the online connection box. It's really that easy. Womenspeakers.com has been the number one online connecting place for hundreds of speakers and thousands of event planners since 2002. It's all fast, fun, and free to search anytime you have time, day or night. Check it out now at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and our guest today, Kristen R. Harris, is one of our speakers over at WomenSpeakers.com. I hope you'll go check that out. Kristen, let's go ahead and keep going. We're talking about From Broke to Brilliant, building your new business without much money. So let's talk about some easy ways to get the information you need to build your business and get that information for free. Yeah, you know, well, I think the very first thing is the most obvious, and that's research, information. Google is free. And I tell people this all the time. They're like, how did you find this opportunity? How did you find this? How did you find that? I Googled it, you know, and I think people try to simplify Google, but there's so much information. And I like to say that if Mr. Google can't answer your question, he can direct you to someone who can. And so I think, you know, you you start with Mr. Google, and he sends you to the information that, you know, you need if he doesn't have it. The next thing I would say is free webinars, free live streams, free rate talk shows, blog talks like this. Um, there's a wealth of free information out there. And I think that so so many times when we don't have money, we want to spend money on things that we can get for free because for some reason – our, our psyche tells us that if it's free, it's not of value. But in this age, so many experts are sharing free information because it's value, and they know that, you know, entrepreneurs know if I share this free information, then you'll come back at some point when you can and when you're ready to pay for something else that I have to offer. And so there's so much free information out there, like I said, via webinars and podcasts and and, um, radio shows and even YouTube. I tell people all the time, um, I used to run a dessert company. I I don't do it as much anymore. I I do it, you know, part-time here and there. But 
I did I knew nothing about making sweet treats and making beautiful cake pops and strawberries and all that. I learned on YouTube. I watched YouTube and I tell people I graduated from YouTube University and I have my degree from there and I <laughs> learned how it. to do everything. Uh, and so yeah. there's mm-hmm. so much free information there that um, you know, when you don't have any money, I just can't understand why you wouldn't, you know, tap into the free. And then I think the third mm. thing is read. There's so much information locked up in books. And I I noticed that, you know, we think that the library is obsolete. No, you need to still go to the library, especially when you don't have money to spend on books. Because what I've learned in my personal experience is I go to the library and I find, you know, various books on business or, you know, finances or whatever it is that can help me. And when I go to the library and check the books out, it gives me a deadline. And so I actually read the books as opposed to when I go and just purchase books and I have shelves and shelves full of books that I've never read because I don't have to put a deadline on them. And I think just Hmm. as a side note, that kind of ties into goals. When you set a goal and you don't give it a date or a deadline, sometimes you just don't meet it because you haven't established when it needs to happen. And so that's why I encourage people when they're, you know, working with a limited budget and you need that information, there's so much wealth. I've, I've learned so much in the past year just from reading books. And um, go to the library. It's free. It's a free resource. You don't have to pay. And like I said, if there's a deadline, and so you know you need to read this book before it's time to take it back. Um, and then the last thing is, I think, which intimidates so many people, especially when they feel like they don't have financial means to offer in return, is to ask someone around you. And I think it's so important to note that really successful people love to help other people. Successful people, especially by that definition that you gave Marnie, and I really love that one. When when you love God and you love his people, you want to help other people succeed. That's just, it's, it's just in you, and you want to do that. And so I think that as basic as that seems, that's like the if you need information, if you want to know how to write a book, then go ask someone who's already done it. Like you don't have to try to recreate the wheel. It's already been set before you. And so there's people around you. And I think, um, you know, when we talk about networking, we can get into that. But just ask someone. Like successful people want to see other people succeed. Right. It's, uh, these are great. These are great. And with the, I want to add a couple of things here. Uh, first of all, the YouTube video idea is amazing. My son uh, this summer joined a construction crew, and he was he was so excited to learn construction. He's just a young. Uh, he he's out of college, but he just wanted to learn about it. And they would say, "Okay, well, here, watch this YouTube video and then install this, or watch this YouTube video and then do that." <laughs> and that's how they that's how they train them. It's just so funny. It's like, okay, we have turned into a new world here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> free, and free training, you know, right? <laughs> and it is incredible. That I was going to mention it if you didn't, because YouTube is huge for me also. And I have learned, and not this isn't always true, but I've also learned to look for the shorter videos. The shorter videos indicate that the person doing the training really knows the material well. They're not mm-hmm, going to take, mm-hmm. you know, a, you know, two hours to teach you something someone else could take you, teach you in 15 minutes. 
So right. uh, they're just going to hit the high points. Then if you need to go back and get the basic information to understand the high points, then you need to re- do a longer one. Another one um, that I thought of was foundations and the SBA offer a lot mm-hmm. of services, free, free coaching. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can get assigned a one-on-one coach that's been in business their whole life and are retired now, and they're just they're just there to help you, and it's just amazingly valuable. I When we bought our restaurant we got some coaching through a foundation and i say i say that it saved us um the information that they told us was not without it i don't know if we would have made it and so just anytime you can get um counsel from someone who's been there and done that that's great then the other thing about the library i'm a huge library fan and the library now has digital books digitally that you can actually Mm -hmm. register with your library and get your get your books on your kindle or your phone so you can read them anytime. And when I think of books, if you were to go to a um, an all-day conference with a speaker, uh, you would get approximately the same amount of information that they would put into one $20 book. So mm-hmm. uh, you can you know you can spend the $800 <laughs> to go to the day conference, or you can buy the $20 book, or you can go to the library and get it for free. And so I totally agree with you that there are really excellent ways that you can get great information about your business. And I love the YouTube one. It's just, well, don't you love being alive now with Google and all that? It's just yes, amazing. Yes, it's amazing. <laughs> I sound yes. really old, like, because when I was young, there was no Google. <laughs> yeah, now you go to, go to the encyclopedia and that's pretty Encyclopedias, yeah, I had a set of those. <laughs> We're dating ourselves here, Kristen. (laughs) Okay, so what are the three best ways to market your business on a shoestring budget? Um, you know what? I think when people think of marketing, they automatically like think of TV commercials and radio time, billboards, all that good stuff. But of course, you don't have that money, right? So, I think first of all, before I get into those three, I think of the rule of thumb that we need to always remember. I am like the queen of maximizing the free. So don't pay for anything, don't pay for any service if you're not maximizing the free already. And so one that I really love are social media ads. I love sponsored advertisements on Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, because, one, they're inexpensive, and you can set your own daily budget. You know, if you only have $20 to spend on this campaign, well, it'll tell you how many people you can reach. I love that you can target your audience. And you can also see the analytics of how your ad is doing. So if if it's not working for you, you can pause it and cancel it or whatever. Um, But, again, I don't recommend using spending money on those sponsored advertisements, even if it's only $20, if you're not maximizing free. Are you utilizing social media, um, you know, to market your business? And I, I hear people say all the time, you know, Social media is not for marketing. It, it, that should not be your marketing tool. I don't. I, I agree, but I do think that in this day and age, social media is so important. I think nine times out of ten, when someone hears something about you or your business, the first place they go is social media. And if mm-hmm. you don't have a social media presence, then they'll try to find you on your website or whatever. But they want to see you in real time, how, you know, how are you operating, you know, your day-to-day life or whatever. And so people like to see stuff like that. And so I think social media is very important. Number two, I think, is you can really market your business through content. I think content is king. I think it's SEO gold. And for those who don't know what SEO is, is search engine optimization. When someone goes to Google, Mr. Google to find whatever they're looking for, 
content is king. And so I would say blogging. I think content through blogs is amazing, but I even think three is live streams. And we live in a time where people are very visual. So I think the blogging is good because some people like to read, but then there are some people who don't want to read. They want to watch. And so I don't understand why entrepreneurs are not (laughs) jumping on this free exposure. You can basically sit at your computer or on your living room couch or at your kitchen table or wherever, and everyone around the world can see you for free via Facebook Live, via Periscope, via Instagram. I think Instagram just rolled out something a couple of days ago. They have live streams now. And so you have all these platforms where you can basically be seen globally for free. And, again, it's search engine optimization goal. It's SEO goal because what I like to do is I'll record my live stream, you know, via Facebook Live or whatever, and then I save them, and then I upload them to where? YouTube. Why? Because YouTube, one, it gives you greater exposure, but YouTube is owned by Google. And so whenever someone is searching for information or they're searching for your key terms or searching for your name, Google is going to pull from their family first. So when you upload those videos, all those live streams you did, you upload those, it's instant marketing because now Google is pulling your information. And so I think, like I said, I think a social media ads, very inexpensive way to get in front of a very targeted audience, and then the content via blogging and um, live streams. I think those are, like, the way to go when you when you can't afford TV commercials and radio time and that type of thing. I love that. I'm just going to add to that. This platform uh, concept of getting found on Google searches and different search engines is based on the size of the size and maybe weight of the platform that you're on. So, for example, if you blog at um, – judyjoe.com and you're just your own individual blogger out there, even if you have a great topic and you've got great keywords and everything, it's never going to show up. You're going to be down on page 255 or something. Whereas if you do a guest blog for a huge blog, so and you'd have to have your own mm-hmm. blog to get started with this, but then if you guest mm-hmm. blog for a huge blog that has a lot of weight, then you do the same subject okay, all of a sudden now you're showing up first in the search engine results. Absolutely. So it's a lot, you know, it's a lot about the relationships that you build and what's nice about like uh-huh. what you were saying about Facebook Live or Instagram Live or YouTube uh, videos. What's nice about those is that they already have the weight. They are already huge. And so when they let you post your stuff on there, they're already huge. And so you just mm-hmm. get the benefit of that. And then just make sure on those to add your keywords the keywords yes. are what the search engines really look for when they, it's called spidering, mm-hmm. when they go through the sites and they pick what they're going to put out for results for people. The keywords are what are saying, this is what this is really about. And then like in a blog, if those keywords are also showing up in the blog and in the title, then it's ranked higher. So that's just like your most basic SEO lesson right there and ever. But <laughs> it yes. just helps. It helps if you... If you have those things in place, and then if you have your information on a large platform, um, do you have anything else that you can think of to add in that section? Um, no, I was going to piggyback on what you said about you know just 
um, contributing to larger, more established blogs because I actually did that with the, um, a mom's blog, a, a blog that was catered, you know, specifically to moms. And I started guest writing for that particular platform. And then it just so happened, I, I didn't even plan it this way, but I released a 31-day devotion for moms. And <laughs> to be able to market my book to that very targeted audience and to see, you know, when people search for me in that blog, it came up, and then my book came up. Oh, yeah, I totally agree mm-hmm. when you say if you can find someone, you know, who's a little more established, who has a, a wider reach to get you up on that page, number one, that's definitely a way to go. And I think the other thing that both of us would tell you, too, just from experiences, is when you're going, to, when you're pitching to that person, you want to really be offering them something of quality and value. You don't want to just be coming and saying, um, my hand is up also, can you put me on your front page? I mean, that, they, they just can't. They really, they mm-hmm. really have to. It'd be, like, it'd be like going to a restaurant and saying, you know, I made, I made hot dog uh, macaroni. Can I put that on the menu? You know, I mean, they're just going to have to say no. So you're just going to have to come in with something of real value. And if yes. you do come in with something of real value, they can say, yeah, that's really valuable. Let's put it out there. So it really is back to you again. You know, you have to do the legwork and you have to do your homework and get it put together. But then at that point, don't keep it to yourself. Go share it and mm-hmm. uh, see if some of these bigger platforms will put it out there. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg visiting today with our guest, Kristen R. Harris of KristenRHarris.com. We're talking about From Broke to Brilliant, Building Your New Business without much money. We're going to come back after break and talk about how to distinguish business necessities from desires and four creative ways to get the services and products you need. We'll be right back. Online training, instant access, increase your skills in the minutes you have. Did you know that the recordings of all of these podcasts are now available to you free of charge at Marnie.com? You can listen via Stitcher, iTunes, or Blog Talk Radio, or download the MP3 for easy listening anytime you have time. Every training module is 60 minutes long, features a guest expert, and focuses on practical, doable, and easy-to-implement next steps in your particular fields of interest. Whether you're looking for help with author training, speaker training, to how to be a media guest, how to be a better manager, maybe you want to be a women's ministry leader, or you already are, or possibly you want to learn more about event planning. Bonus sections even address how to succeed in leadership, marriage, parenting, health, and more. So pick your area of interest and get going today. It's instantly accessible to you anytime you have time over at Marnie.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie Sledberg with our guest today, Kristen R. Harris, and we're talking about From Broke to Brilliant. Kristen, let's dive in and talk about how to, esta- or how to distinguish business necessities from business desires. And you know what? I am, I'm going to bet <laughs> that we're going to be able to apply this to every part of life as we go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's so funny because I was going to start that with just like in everyday life in business, (laughs) we have needs and we have wants, and sometimes we Mm -hmm. get those mixed up. But I think one essential question to ask yourself when you're trying to determine if you need this or if if it's just a want is, is this investment necessary at this moment to run my business Mm -hmm efficiently and professionally. And if you can't answer yes to all three of those successfully, efficiently, and professionally, then it probably can wait. And sometimes it's a want, 
and sometimes it's a really souped up need. And what I mean by that is you may you may need an assistant in order for your, your company to run successfully, efficiently, and professionally, but you may not need a full-time administrative assistant who reports to your office every single day. A virtual assistant can serve you well and save you money. And so you have to distinguish whether or not it's something that you absolutely need or it's not, net, you know, or is it a can it wait? Can, can it wait until you can reward yourself? And I think that um, one thing I learned early on is that when you are building a business, especially with limited resources, limited financial resources, as you make money, be sure to take that money and reinvest it in your business. So if there is a, a need that you have today that you can't, you know, necessarily pay for, well, set a goal for yourself. Okay, when I get X amount of clients, when I sell X contracts, then I can go back and invest in this. But, um, you know, as you grow and secure more clients and secure more orders, then those wants will eventually grow into needs because something that, you know, is just a want today, eventually as your company grows will become a need. But I think answering that crucial question every single time you get ready to invest in, you know, manpower or equipment, can I do this right now? Can I still run my business successfully, professionally, and efficiently if I don't have this? And if the answer is yes, then you know what? Maybe I can wait right now because it's not a need. And like like you said, if we can apply that to our life, you know, today, right now, what if, as I'm sitting here, if I don't buy these pair of shoes, will I be able to still live successfully, live efficiently, and be professional <laughs> and run my business? Yes, you can. So you don't need them. But, you know, like I said, you, you have to reward yourself even in business as you go. So as you secure and as you grow, then you, it's okay to invest in some of those wants. But I know a lot of times when we when we're first starting businesses, we're like, oh, my God, I need this, I need that, I need a brand-new laptop. But why? Your Your laptop is fine, you know? So that's just an unnecessary expense and undue stress that you're adding to yourself because now, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to keep up with what you think, you know, starting a business looks like. And I love when I hear stories about, you know, these companies that have been around, you know, small businesses, you know, that they may be celebrating 25-year anniversaries or something, and they talk about how they started with the bare minimum, you know, a big, a big uh, apparel line who was selling t-shirts out of a garage you know that was their warehouse instead of going to pay for storage they were in their garage because they're already paying a mortgage for their home that's attached to their garage and so in that moment I'm sure they had to question themselves is do we need to go and pay for storage or can we still run our business efficiently at this moment where I am and like I said of course as, as you grow then those needs will will change but in the beginning be honest with yourself and don't spend a bunch of money that you don't need to I love that and just the other thing is to um to think outside the box so I liked your example of okay I have to have an assistant now I have to have an assistant otherwise I can't run it successfully officially and professionally but do I have to have a full-time assistant does she have to be on premise does she have to have mm-hmm. health insurance and vacation? You know, I mean, you can just go through this list and you can say, what do I really need right now? Well, what I really need is yeah. two hours every day and four hours on Wednesdays. Okay, that's different then. 
And then the other thing mm-hmm. is, you know, thinking outside the box, is there a way to borrow, rent, or share something? So maybe you absolutely at this point have to have a storefront, and that's what your next step is. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to sign a, a five-year lease and, you know, all of this stuff. You could possibly find someone who already has a storefront and could rent you a small quadrant of that so that you have that, that street uh, presence, but you didn't have to do the whole big thing. So just to try to think outside of the box a little bit and not to lock yourself into the full, you know, IBM size everything when you're starting out because that's a good way to not last very long. <laughs> um, yes, under, absolutely. Being, being, under, being underfunded, they say, is one of the number one reasons. It's either number one or two of businesses going out of business. It's just the funds aren't there and there's too much spending going on. So mm-hmm. just be really, really careful on that. So you have four creative ways you wanted to share with us to get the services and products we need. Absolutely. Um, I think the first one is barter, and I, I think that's more than probably any of the other things. I love to trade with other people, with other small business owners. Um, I, I know I mentioned earlier about my dessert company. When I was doing that full-time, I would, you know, when I needed graphic design services or something like that, I would meet with a graphic designer. And I know in one one particular instance, um, she had an event coming up, and she's like, okay, you need this, you know, this whole branding package. I need tweets for my event. Let's just swap. Perfect, because mm-hmm. I can do this, you know, and, and you can do what you do, and neither one of us have to exchange money. There's value being exchanged, but there's no money being exchanged. And so I think bartering is a great way to get services, information, or products that you need, um, you know, with other entrepreneurs around you. And I, and I promise you, don't be afraid to ask for what you need. I, I, that's, that's on my list of four things, too. Um, but there's someone else who needs something that you have to offer, but I think, you know, we, we, don't, oh, we don't speak up, you know, and like we have not because we ask not. And so um, find someone, you know, that's why it's so important to build your network. That's one of the creative ways. You have to surround yourself with like-minded individuals who understand the struggle of trying to build something. One, because they have more empathy, and two, because they have something that you need and you have something that they need. And so as you build that network, you're able to barter and then the third thing is that you can ask for what you need. And I can't tell you how many times I've just put out a re- to my network of something that I needed, a service I needed, a product that I needed, and it was just given to me. Because, one, they know that I'm not trying to take advantage of them, but, two, they know that they're sowing into good soil and that that seed is going to reap mm-hmm. a harvest somewhere. And so you have to be – you know, very guarded and a, a person of integrity because we, as you're building this network and then you're going out asking for what you need, um, people will be more willing to, to support you in any way that they can if they, you know, see that their seed is being sown into good ground. And then the fourth thing I would say is give your product and service away. And I know when I say that, sometimes people clutch their pearls. They're like, oh, my God, give it away. I, are you serious? Um but I think similar to bartering, um, there's an exchange, but only in this in this circumstance, there's not any express agreement in place stating what will be exchanged. And so 
you may reap the benefits immediately of giving your product or service away, or you may not see that manifestation until much later. But I think um, when you have an opportunity to, to showcase your products and services in front of an audience that you may not have otherwise had access to, that's so key to getting what you need in return. But you have to be really strategic, though, because sometimes people will try to take advantage of you in the, in the name of sponsorships. Um, and when you're, when you're starting out and you don't have much money, you don't want to fall victim to sponsoring everyone's events. And I found that early on with my dessert company, you know, every time someone was having, you know, they're having a fashion show or they're having some women's empowerment event, can you sponsor a whole dessert table? I'm like, yeah, hold on now. Let's, let's think about this. Like you want to be strategic. Like what is the benefit? Because if it's not one, if it's putting you in front of the same audience that you've already been in front of, Ten times before, it's not really a strategic move. But I do think there is some value in giving your product and your service away. Like even with now, you know, Marnie, with your radio show, this is an example of you giving your service away, um, but there's so much benefit in it, you know, for your audience audience as well as for yourself. And so um, I would say barter, give your product and service away, build your network, and ask for what you need. And Asking for what you need is so key. Don't be afraid to ask. Like, there's someone out there, like I said, successful people love to help other people become successful. Mm, That's so great. Well, I want to spend a couple minutes on each of these before we move on here. So when you go back to barter, so for those of you who haven't done that before, it's just saying, I have something of this value that I have available, and you have something of an equal or close value that you have available, and we'd like to just trade. So instead of exchanging money for it you just exchange the exact thing and that's so ideal like you use the example of you providing um, a food table or dessert table and she provided you with um, services now you had actual product cost involved in that she had time involved time and skill Mm -hmm. you had skill time and product but if you know the value of your product or your service then this is always going to work out okay because you can just say well this is how much I charge to do this particular thing. And they can say, well, this is how much mm-hmm. I always charge to do this thing. And that's an equal mm-hmm. and fair exchange then at that point. So you wouldn't even go back to saying, but she didn't put any, you know, she didn't put any money into the dessert. You know, she didn't put any money into the, into the product. It doesn't matter if the value of what right. you're exchanging is equal. That's what you're really mm-hmm. looking for. And bartering, that is a wonderful thing to do. So, for example, in our, in our restaurant, you know, we have to price the food up three times. So in order to run a restaurant, you price, at least in our, our neck of the woods here, you, you, price the, you price the food up three times, and that's how you, that's how you price it. So mm-hmm. when I barter with somebody, I'm actually putting out one-third of the amount in cash toward the food, and I'm putting out two-thirds of the amount in either employee costs or building costs or whatever like mm-hmm. that. But it's still less expensive for me to do it that way than for me to pay the cash for it. So bartering is such mm-hmm. a great did that did that bubble anything to the surface for you that you wanted to add on bartering? Yeah, you know what I was gonna say is the other thing is that I think it's almost um even more beneficial when you barter as opposed to paying actual money because whatever it is that you do, you probably can do it so efficiently <laughs> that, you know, it's it's nothing to you. Like it's because it's your profession, it's your gift, it's your craft. And so for me, you know, I could whip together this amazing dessert table 
And, you know, I charge people, you know, X amount of dollars for it, but it doesn't take me that amount of time to create it. So even in that, like, you've saved a substantial amount of money because you're producing something that you know how to do effortless, effortlessly, you know. So I think that bartering is so key. I think that's, like, one of the most important creative ways to get what you need. That that triggers another thought in my mind, too, before we move on then, is that, you know, you could spend weeks and hours and hours and hours and hours doing something that somebody else could do in two hours because they're just, that's mm-hmm. their job and they're a pro at yes. it. <laughs> and it's true that you could actually do it and you could eventually get that. You know, I mean, that's kind of like where people are at now with websites and stuff. Do I want to learn to be a web designer or do I just need a website? I can outsource that or I can find somebody that can build that for me and we can get this thing going. You know, and that's how you have mm-hmm. to kind of think about all of these things. Do you need to be a pro at that or is there a way for you to um, have somebody help you with it and really get moving with the things that you need to be focusing on so I love that yeah, absolutely good. and under the number three one where ask for what you need um, I have a great example of this when we bought our restaurant that was 14 years ago now but when we bought our restaurant we had a surprise waiting for us which by the way you usually will have waiting for you when you go into business a little surprises along the way but we had a surprise and <laughs> it was that they had had um, numerous health code violation write-ups on one particular setup that they had. It wasn't hot enough and it wasn't cold enough. The food was getting, you know, to the wrong temperatures. And so they were, they were having these write-ups. And we knew as new owners we were going to get slammed. Uh, so we had to figure out how to get this food to the right temperature, and we didn't have the right piece of equipment. We did our research, and we found that the right piece of equipment for that, it was, it was called a um, – a spinny, a spinny station, and it would be $17,000. Well, that was $17,000, oh, wow. Kristen, that we had not budgeted. <laughs> we didn't even know we needed to budget <laughs> when we bought this existing functioning restaurant. So it was a huge amount of money, and we just went right to prayer. And, um, and my husband said, you know, I think that we should ask. I think that, you know, wasn't there a place that went out of business over a couple of days over whatever, and I think we should just check. And so I did. I, I went. I found out who to contact. I called them. I said, you know, do you happen to have this piece of equipment uh, still available? And they said, oh, we do. Would you want it? And I said, we need it. And they said, sure, if you will pay for the electrical to cap off the electric, you know, get an electrician in here, cap off the electrical, you can have that whole machine for $700. So instead of oh, $17,000, wow. we paid a couple hundred dollars to an electrician and for $700 took that machine home with us, and it's been working ever since. So when you wow. said, you know, ask for what you need, first of all, of course, ask God. We're going to talk about that in a couple minutes too. But first of all, ask God. But then, then let him put in your heart and don't say, well, but we still don't have the 17000 Why would I ask them? We don't have the money to pay for it. Just ask because you really never know how that's going to turn out. Um, The last one is to give it away. And I do want to spend just a couple more minutes on this one because this is pretty important. I'm the kind of person that just will give away every last thing, Kristen. I will just, I I always say I don't really have a money brain. I don't really care about money. Money is like, um, I know that we got to have it in order to survive and all that. But that is not my strong suit, and I really don't care about it. So it's easy for me at our restaurant, at our store, online, or whatever, to give away too much and to to really jeopardize the health of the bottom line and the businesses um, because I'm 
just by nature generous and kind of oblivious, let's say it honestly, to the financial side of things. That's just not my strength. So I think when they give mm-hmm. it away part, the heart of that, and, and I, I took a training years ago that really helped me kind of put it more into perspective. It was called Give to Get Marketing. And it's just old mm-hmm. now. I don't even know if you can find it. But he really helped me to understand that there, you know, there is, in the way that God set up the world, we, we sow and then we reap. So we give mm-hmm. the seed into the soil expecting that it's going to produce something. We mm-hmm. don't just throw the seed in the bottom of a garbage can and expect it to produce because that would be foolish. That would be ridiculous. But sometimes mm-hmm. in our business life, that's exactly what we do. We just, we just throw money around. We throw services and product and time around and resources that God has entrusted to us. And we do it without thinking about where's the return here? Like where is the return? And it shouldn't all be calculated, but honestly in business, it's different than ministry. In ministry, mm-hmm. you're not looking for a profit at the end of the day. That's not why you're doing it. You're doing ministry just purely for the Lord. And, of course, you can do business purely for the Lord, too, but it's a different, it's a different track. And we have to get our head out of the ministry track when we're in the business track. And the business yeah. track needs to have a bottom line <laughs> and pay its bills. You know? And God uses business people all over the world to fund his ministries all over the world. It's a wonderful way mm-hmm. that he said this up, and it's a good partnership. So I just wanted to caution you that if you're kind of like me and you just really like to give everything away, when you get into business, you have to, you have to do it a little differently and a little more uh, strategically. And if you just want to mm-hmm. be in the giving business, then you need to go into ministry. <laughs> yeah. Don't go into business. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Kristen R. Harris of KristenRHarris.com. She's also one of our speakers over at WomenSpeakers.com. We're going to come right back and talk about how to stay motivated, even when there's little money, and also how to petition God for assistance when things seem impossible. We'll be right back. Let's talk about boot camps, webinars, expos, group coaching, and stuff like that. I love investing into your life at every opportunity, so I host group coaching programs plus frequent expos, webinars, and boot camps. For example, visit www.biblestudyexpo.com. That's one of the sites that's under the umbrella of Marnie.com. Over there, you're going to find 80 individual 15-minute interview MP3s with authors of women's Bible study books. So the next time you're choosing a Bible study book for yourself or your group, visit BibleStudyExpo.com and actually meet the authors and hear why they wrote that book. It's available anytime you have time over at BibleStudyExpo.com. Another thing you'll find at Marty.com are the MP3s, PDFs, and PowerPoints of all previous boot camps. So you can tap into that training in your spare moments. No need to show up on a particular day because everything's available to you anytime you have time. And be sure to take advantage of the monthly group coaching program. I personally have paid $600 for group coaching like this, but I offer it free as part of the mentorship program or a la carte for just $99 a month. My heart is to help you succeed at reaching your God-given goals as soon as possible. So join us each month for 21-day group coaching. All of this and more is available to you at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. 
Welcome back. This is Marnie, and we are just coming into the end of our program on how to go from broke to brilliant, building your new business without much money. And our guest today, Kristen R. Harris. Thank you so much for being here, Kristen. This hour is just flying by. Thank um, you. Before we, yeah, before we close out, let's talk about how to stay motivated when you are building a business with no money. And I have to say, I've always, I've always thought that financial pressure is its own kind of pain. That like, okay, when you break your arm, that's a certain kind of pain, you know, and when you have mm-hmm. someone betray you, that's a certain kind of pain, but when you don't have enough money, that is a particular kind of pain, and it is really, it can be excruciating. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think um, when you don't have enough money, I feel like the enemy <laughs> uses that to really make you doubt everything that's going on in your life. Like when you don't have money, you feel like you, you you know, I'm not well in my body. I can't go on. I can't do this. I can't do that. And so I think to stay motivated while you're trying to build a business with no money, because you're having no money is one thing, but then trying to build something while you have no money, that's a whole different beast. And so what I do to stay motivated is three very simple things. The first one is, I remember my why. And your why is, why am I doing this? Why is this so important to me? Why did I start in the first place? And Mm -hmm. so I have a few whys, but one of my whys is, you know, I'm doing this because I'm I'm leaving a legacy for my children's children and their children. And so whenever I feel like, you know what, I just can't do this anymore and, it doesn't even have to be, you know, when there's a lack of uh, resources, financial resources. It can be when you're just completely discouraged because something didn't go right. Or like you said, you found out you needed that $17,000 piece of equipment, and you're like, wait a minute, you know. In that moment, remember why you started in the first place. Um, the other is consider the alternatives. When you're building a business with no money, and you're like, you know what, I can't do this anymore. This is just too hard. I'm going to stop. Well, the alternative of stopping, I mean, the alternative is not go, of not going forward is stopping. And that means that I'm going to continue to be in this same situation. If you don't like your situation, then you have to change it. And so to stay motivated in that moment, you have to consider, if I don't move forward, what will my life look like? What, how does this affect the people that I love around me? How does this affect me being able to do ministry? Because I think that's a key part of, um, you know, being able to go out and help people. You know, it pains me sometimes when I, I pass by someone on the street and, you know, they ask me for something. And I'm like, I, I don't have it today. I, you know, I want to be a giver. I'm like you, Marnie. I want to give. And so when you – thinking about the alternative, if I don't pursue this, if I don't make something happen, then what's going to happen with my life? How can I, you know, help someone else if I'm not helping myself? And then the third one is, for me, is, and I, I think this is my favorite, <laughs> is celebrate your successes. And I, it's taken me a really long time to learn how to do that because I'm so – driven at sometimes that, you know, I'm just constantly moving. Like I'll do something and I won't even take the time to celebrate that achievement. And it wasn't until I published my first book that a friend of mine brought it to my attention. You know, she texted me and she's like, I'm so proud of you. 
I, I really mm-hmm. hope you're relishing in this moment. And I said, oh, my goodness, girl, I'm on to something else. And she's like, you have to stop doing that because you're going to burn yourself out and you're, and then you're right. going to hit a point where you're not, you're going to lose your motivation. Like that's how you stay motivated, celebrating the small steps. And sometimes it's not the huge thing, but it's something that, you know, Oh, I finished that proposal. That's cause for a celebration. It doesn't mean that you, you know, you turn out the lights and you have a party, but you find something that, that, that you can celebrate. And I know for me, I love Chicago style popcorn. So, it's a very unhealthy celebration, but when I feel like I've achieved something, I treat myself to some popcorn. And so whatever that thing is that can keep you motivated, but you want to celebrate your successes. And it was very interesting. I listened to um, a podcast the other day, and she really hit the nail on the head because she was saying how, you know, she she felt like she was waiting until she arrived. And she it really had to dawn on her, like, you 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 you're doing what you want to do right now. Like you years ago that you wanted to leave your job and you wanted to have clients and you wanted to run your PR company and we're so constantly waiting for that arrival moment, what we think the destination is that we don't even celebrate. And she said in that moment she had to realize you're being so ungrateful because you you've arrived at wherever you where you wanted to go. It's not the destination that you thought you had in mind, but you're here. You're doing it. You're working through it. It's not always easy. You don't always have all the money, but you're doing what you set out to do. And so celebrate your successes along the way. I feel, I feel like that's, like, one of the major ways that you can stay motivated and, you know, keep pushing even when, you know, you don't have money or even when you feel discouraged or you got a big fat no when you thought you should have a yes. Celebrate those small accomplishments and, you know, Eventually, all those it. some of those small steps will turn into something huge. Love it, love it. We have two minutes left, Kristen, but I want to kind of segue into how to petition God for assistance and things oh, yes, possible absolutely. with. You know, I think the the motivational key and this last one together for me are just huge. Um, keeping your eyes on Jesus, and part of mm-hmm. that, part of that, staying motivated as well as asking for assistance is the gratitude piece and the gratitude isn't just that God's going to give me everything I ask for when I ask for it because that usually doesn't work out too well for me usually there's a little waiting going on sometimes I have to work really hard Mm -hmm. to get it you know whatever uh but what the gratitude piece for me is that I have him to go to and that I know that he really cares and that in this moment Mm -hmm. he's given me everything I need and no matter how it looks I can always sit myself there. So like in one minute, why don't you just share with us what your thoughts on petitioning God for assistance? Um, I think that, you know, whenever we feel like we things seem impossible, there's probably three things going on. One, we can't see the harvest. Two, we start to think that other people are being blessed and we are not. And then three, our results mm-hmm. don't match our effort. And so mm-hmm. I have three scriptures that I go to to combat all of those thoughts and sin. And it's he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. So when I can't see the harvest, I believe that he's going to increase my harvest. The second one is First um, Chronicles 4 and 10. Jabez calls upon the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory and that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted what he asked. So when I think mm-hmm. that other people are being blessed and I'm not, I'm reminded he's no respecter of persons. He blessed Jabez. He can bless Kristen. He can bless Marty. 
Um, and then the last one is Luke 6 and 38. It says, give, and it will be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be given back to you. And so that combats when our results don't match our efforts. I believe taking God at his word, God, you said you would give it back to me the way that I'm giving it. So my efforts eventually will catch up with the results. And that's it. And that is the end of our show for today. Go check out Kristen's site at KristenRHarris.com. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you next time. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.